Do you remember, like, when everyone was 15 and they all had, like, the MySpace uh, description that was, like, realize, realize, <laughs> realize? Yes. That's what weed eyes, weed eyes, weed eyes. <laughs> and it's a picture of, of Kepi. Hello and welcome to Kappa Connection, Upstairs and my podcast from the creators of Imagine Me and Utana. I am Panda. I am your host and I'm here with my co-hosts, Tease, Joe, how are you guys doing? Wow! Um, hey! You you can talk first, Joe. Oh I'm no, gonna... I was just going to say, I'm good. <laughs> um, hi, this is not Fresh Podcast Market. Uh, this is Kappa Connection, a real podcast about a real anime. Somehow, this is a real anime. Yes, listeners of my, the two of you out there that listen to the Fresh Podcast Market will recognize Teresa and Joe from my other podcast. Teresa is my co-host over there. Joe was on a guest episode that was very fun, and I was not able to arrange an episode of Kappa Connection with Gio and Yasha before we leave for Japan because everything is insane right now and we were technically supposed to process our feelings about the finale in a part two but instead you guys get this filler episode where a bunch of gays talk about Sarah Zanmai and yes I know Yasha and Fauna technically count as gays but they are the most heterosexual gays that I know so here we are this is the Rayo Mabu support crew in real time here to talk about Sarah's and my. So I'm going to ask you guys, my co-hosts for tonight, a couple of just basic questions about you and Sarah's and my. And the first of those is, who is your favorite Sarah's and my character? We're going to go a little Utena cast on this one. Oh no, that's so hard. Uh, I am an Enda stand first and an American second. Thank God. <laughs> I just have someone else on this podcast likes Enta. No, Enta is great. I love him. I I genuinely do because he's a fourteen year old who is such a jealous little shit. He loves his friends, and I just feel like if I was in that situation, I probably would do all the same dumb shit too. You know, like that's why I like Enta too. He's. He's a petty 14-year-old. I think he's a really realistic character, and I really like him. And, like, okay, I also, like, love Nyantaro because I love all fat cats, but, like... Yes. Enta. I'm all about Enta. What about you, Joe? I know that this is a difficult question. It's difficult because I love everyone. Like, sincerely, there's not a character I hate. Because, like, at least with, like, Utna, I hate Akio. I hate Seonji. <laughs> but, like... With this show, I even love the otter. Sincerely, my favorite characters actually might be when all was said and done. Rio, I think, beats out at number one. That's valid. And then into second for like actual like story and like growth and like like connection to the character and like I feel bad for him. <laughs> nice. But in terms of I would love to see just 30 minutes of this character on screen, it's the otter. I really love the otter. You're so, wow. Okay, so my uh, my housemates that you guys are so- somewhat acquainted with uh, have not watched very much Sarah's and my outside of occasionally walking in on me watching it 
and I told them that I wanted an otter plush <laughs> because I thought it would be cute and they were horrified because the only thing they know is that the otter is terrible. <laughs> But it is cute. He's got his little lab coat. And like the plush his design is adorable. To like symbolize the line work, it would be so cute. Iku needs a fucking otter plush. Damn it. And also, when all is said and done, he's just a concept. So <laughs> he's an illusion. He did nothing wrong. Everyone else did based on the influence of a concept. Ooh, we're getting into some yeah. takes already. <laughs> Damn, that's deep. I'm a fake Yukuhara fan, so I don't really have deep opinions like that. I'm a really big Penguin Drum fan. That's actually where I lie. Otherwise, um, I've only watched ten episodes of Utena, and I've never touched Yurikuma. There's in my a lot of like aesthetic stuff from Penguin Drum is my understanding. Yes, yes, it did. Joe, what is your experience with Ikuhara anime? I feel like we haven't talked about this before, which I don't know how it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, we really haven't. I need to get Utena. It's really the thing. I got into Utena first, as like I think most people who like get into Ikuhara do. Um, but I got into it like relatively late in my life. I started watching it like sophomore year of college, and I fell in love with it because I was like oh my gosh, this is everything I love about, like, regular 90s anime, Sailor Moon, Inuyasha, like, all of that. But with such an interesting cinematic take, like, sincerely, whenever I would watch it, I would be like, this is exactly what, like, it would be like if David Lynch made an anime. And I compare Ikuhara and David Lynch a lot because I think they are very similar. I have in the history of Imagine Me and Utena often compared Ikuhara to both David Lynch and George Lucas, both for kind of similar. I have reasons. a question. Yes, it's the large egg eraser head baby. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, you guys actually took that seriously. Uh, do we want to talk about the shirts? Uh, okay so i need you guys to know that really and truly i did will this into existence and i will explain because this morning i was stoned i'll just say that i was stoned and i was weed i, I, I dare, you, dare i say you were weed keppy <laughs> this morning i was weed keppy and i thought to myself i have the most galaxy brain idea and that is a kepi kigurumi specifically like when i say kepi kigurumi what i mean is uh what my friend jessica affectionately refers to as kappa daddy which is when kepi is like the full body like during the sheer kadama extraction sequence I yeah. thought that, that would be very okay. I thought that a Kepi Kigurumi would be very funny. And then literally 30 minutes later, I got a notification in the empty movement discord that someone had posted a link. And it was to these Kigurumis that are all Kappa and then also the Rayo and Mabu Kepi shirts. <laughs> I love them. I, I love want them so much. If you are I want them you have not seen so an image of these, I am so sorry for you, but you need to find immediately because 
It's so cute. It's a, a pick. It's going to be. These are things that will be for sale literally the week after I'm in Japan. Motherfuckers, how dare you? <laughs> but I love it. I'm staring at them again right now. Three, like Kigurumi, Kigurumi. If for some reason you don't know, are uh, if you're listening to an anime podcast and you don't know what Kigurumi is, it's like a it's like a cost it's costume pajamas it's like a bodysuit that you wear to to be a, a character it's a onesie it's a onesie. onesie is the word i was looking for bodysuit was not good but for some reason my brain couldn't find the word onesie it is a character onesie there are three different iterations of the kappa onesie that are themed after kazuki Enta and Toei, and they're each different color kappas slightly. The Toei one's a little bit bluish, and then the Enta and Kazuki ones are different shades of green. But then there's these shirts, and they're white button-up shirts, and they have a hood on them that has Kepi's face with weed Kepi eyes. <laughs> and there's also a little Kepi tail. The it tail's like the best. A tadpole tail, which I really respect. I love it. Oh, and, and a note about my Kepi plush keychain is that he does have a little embroidered asshole. Oh, oh yes. And yes. I have a pom pom purin Kigurumi, and that also has an embroidered asshole. Oh my god! So, <laughs> safe to say, those Kappa Kigurumis will have an embroidered asshole. I almost wore your bumper and kiku when we were, yeah. uh, when I visited you. <laughs> yeah. At least in the designs within Sarah's and my, they didn't. But what I'm really curious about, because we can't see the backs of the Kigurumi, is I really hope that the shells, one, I hope they have shells on the back. Not oh, like, they don't have to be like physical, but like, just like, Printed. even just like in the pattern of the fabric. But I really hope the shells are individualized for oh, yeah. each person, like they are in the anime. I've seen the backpacks. No, yes. in real time, no. I'm about to find. And you guys are aware that an actual official Sazak Kigurumi Kappa does exist, correct? Oh no, actually, yes. I was not aware. Oh, here I will send it in our support group chat. <laughs> so this one, upon inspection. It does not have an asshole. Okay, so this is, I love it. This is the Toei backpack that I am sending you a picture of. I don't remember if they made other backpacks, but they made Super Groupies is really good. Super Groupies oh, has like I did see the real Mabu ones. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we talked about the we talked about the fanny packs in our group chat. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, and the watches that looks more like a regular backpack with like a it's black with like a red pouch on it, and then Enta gets like a a purse, I guess. Wow, King! <laughs> but yeah, uh, the toy backpack looks kind of like a it looks a little bit like a shell. But the, all three of the Kappa designs for Toei, Kazuki, and <gasps> that is so. Their own shell designs, but we don't see them. They're so yeah. darling. I love it. Oh, it has a soba new. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. They made a oh, soba no. phone case, and wow. I cannot get it because it's only for iPhone. 
Uh, that means I can. I'm trying to bully Yasha into, or I'm trying to bully Geo or Yasha into making a version of it and selling it online. Anyway, back to Sirazamite and the Kigurumi that I willed into existence. They are incredible. They're going to be on sale the week after I'm in Japan. RIP panned. I'm going to try to get somebody who is going to be in Japan much longer than me to buy one and send it to me. I respect that. You I definitely you should. The best of luck. If you guys were going to get one of those Kigurumis, would we just all get Entas? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I really like that Toei's is kind of bluish, but honestly, like, I just, I can't. I have to represent my boy. I have yes. two Kigurumis, though, already. Oh, you have two Kigurumis? And I'm making one right now. I have... I don't want to count how many Kigurumis I have, because it's going to be <laughs> I have more than two. Wow, that's yeah, a lot, Yeah, I know, man. and they're fucking hard to store, because they're big as shit. You yeah. When you pull them up, they don't fucking compress at all. Yeah, I know. I have one that okay. I will say that I have one that is was custom made, and it's a uh, it's a panda kigurumi that is in pansexual colors. That's pretty Aww. good, though. Yeah. I love cute. it. So, guys, holy shit! We can buy this for twenty seven dollars. Buy what? What? It's the 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 kappa kigurumi. It's on sale on some random oh, site. I may. Uh, I, I'm looking at this Sazak one now, and I'm actually really in love with it. It's it's, it's really cute. It's the Sazak one is just it's on a different website. Usually, also sometimes people sell knockoff versions of them on eBay. On eBay. <laughs> Me too. I wish there was some way that I could get this Kigurumi before I go to Japan, but I also know that I would never wear it while I was there. It's gonna be hot and so i would take a flight in and snipe you myself <laughs> you know how badly i get secondhand embarrassment i i mean like i wouldn't so okay actually back to sarah's am i so we have kind of collectively been talking a little bit about Sarah's and my as it's been coming out but the three of us haven't actually had like a real conversation about Sarah's and my so do you guys is there anything that you just want to bring to the table for us to talk about is there anything that's been really really pecking your brain I can't stop thinking about the joke I made earlier about Rio Mabu 8-tracks playlist <laughs> okay do you want to uh you want to explain that one to the audience? No. <laughs> okay, if it were 2012 and Sarah's M.I. was coming out then, what songs would you put on your 8-tracks Rayo Mabuk playlist? Do you guys have an answer for this? I, because I only have one song. I, the, like, I have three songs. Tell me, tell me. So, I have Hood by Perfume Genius. Valid. I've never heard it, but valid. It's very good. It's basically a song about, like, how... I'm writing all this down because we're making this now. Like, if you really knew me, would you really love me? Um, oh! Yeah. Oh! Second is a stupid joke, but it would be Can't Say I'm in Love from Hercules. Yes! Or won't, won't say I'm in love. Yes. Yeah. Yes! 
Iconic. So iconic. Um, and then the third one, Trigger Warning for anyone, um, it does have a slur in the title, but it's a really beautiful song about gay intimacy and gay love. But so skip up forward five seconds. It's a song called I'm Still Your Fag by Broken Social Scene. Oh, nice. I'm familiar with some Broken Social Scene songs, but not that yeah, one specifically. Yeah, same. But it's really good and really heartbreaking. Do you want to hear my one pick? Yes. You guys are going to kill me for this. But obviously, I Will Follow You Into the Dark has to be on there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Oh, you're oh. going to cry. That's so Wow, perfect. we are making our real mom playlist right here oh. live. See, the problem is, is that I have a song, but it is not pre-2012. Does that's okay. That's fine. It's a song that plays on. I listen to a ser- I have Sirius XM radio in my car, and there is a song that I listen to that, or there's a song that comes on a lot called "Somebody Else" called by Flora Cash, and the the chorus of the song is like, "Well, you look like yourself, but you're somebody else. Only it ain't on the surface." And every time I hear this song, it makes me think of Rayo Mabu and I cry. Wow. We are yeah. dying here in oh. this house right now. Well, you look like yourself, but you're somebody else. Only it ain't on the surface. While well, you talk like yourself, now I hear someone else, though you're making me nervous. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you. I know. Fuck me. That, that hurts. That shit hurted. That shit hurt it. I'm crying. <laughs> a little bit, actually. Wow. Guys, okay, so since we're talking about Rayo Mabu, though, how do you guys feel about how that all played out? I This is actually what I was going to bring up. Because I had just listened to the... would just be us crying about Rayo and his world. Yeah. Yeah. But I had I listened today at work the Kappa Connection episode for the finale, the part one. And Geo being mad that there was a happy ending. Yeah, especially because, like, I'm going to bring in the fact that I am 100% convinced that Ikuhara took a lot of inspiration in terms of, like, visual cues and also storytelling cues from Kabuki um, with Sarah's okay. anime, because this is also definitely his most Japanese culture-inspired anime, in my opinion. I haven't seen Yurikuma, but from my understanding, Yurikuma is also more, like, in terms of, like, visual elements, still, like, more European-based, like Utena was. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it either, uh, because we're going to be watching it as the next show on Utena cast eventually. But that is also the impression that I've gotten from a lot of the aesthetic. Yeah. But so I definitely like me seeing them come back to life for me, like, like, yeah, it's like a cheesy, happy ending. And like, people can be like, Oh man, it's just a Deus Ex Machina. They should have like stayed dead. But at the same time, the reason why Deus Ex Machina this work is because people want happy endings and Sarah Zanmai never started out being like a realistic show. And so as long as the emotional threads are still there, which I definitely still think they were just because they had a happy ending doesn't mean that the pain that Ryo and Mabu had when Mabu couldn't 
express his feelings doesn't mean that pain wasn't real at the time. And that was was important. And then in the end, they still get their happy ending. And also, I feel like them coming back to life partly was just a way for Ikuhara to like wrap up a lot of the ending stuff real quick. But again, I don't really care that much because at the end of the day, the thematic emotional moments still hit for me. And that's how I feel too. Like, I know that, like, Geo and, like, there are people that will make the argument that it cheapens their death to just bring them back like this. But I stand by my statement in that episode, in the last episode of Kappa Connection, where I say that it is more revolutionary to bring them back and have a happy ending than it would be to keep them dead for the sake of, like, having a more poignant plot like yeah i would yeah i'm gonna agree with you there i'd rather have something that was a little bit of a hopeful ending i mean especially with how open-ended the ending could possibly end up being but it's not like it's not even a definitively happy ending for yeah Kazuki and enta and toei for sure yeah so just the fact that they can live out their life in peace feels good feels organic and especially as me a gay it feels good I deserve this yeah i deserve this i cannot relate to cops <laughs> but i deserved that no cop and ikuhara gave that to me Rayo and mabu ikuhara heard me some dumb bitch in new jersey <laughs> And he's like, I'll do this one just for you. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. And also, like, again, to bring back, like, because I am convinced, like, from the use of drums to the use of light specials, like the spotlights, to the use of even clackers, there's an actual name in Kabuki, but I can't remember it right now. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name either. Throughout the series. This... Sarah's anime is so inspired visually and thematically by Kabuki elements. And so, like, within Kabuki, a lot of times, death isn't about, like, the way that we look at death in, like, a Western view, which is, like, the end of something. Mm -hmm. It's often more, like, good versus evil. And so, like, for them to come back at the end is a representation of the Kappas winning over the Otters, the good winning over the Mm -hmm. concept of desire yeah well put and so like from a like a western view like yeah it can seem a little bit trite that they came back alive but like and i would definitely love to like speak to an actual japanese person because like kabuki unfortunately in japan isn't like it's like shakespeare in america where like if you're a big fan of it you know a lot about like the elements of it but like the lay person on the street isn't going to necessarily be able to tell you who ophelia is just like off the yeah. top of their head uh-huh. um, and so i would love to talk to like someone a japanese person who lives in japan about how they relate to those elements that i definitely see as directly referencing kabuki yeah if anyone has if anyone listening has any more information about 
kabuki and would like to either write in or even like come on the show i'm sure that we would love to have you and whether i mean i ideally we would love to speak to like a like a, a native japanese person but i know that that's i don't know how many actual like native japanese people listen to or care about this podcast <laughs> so if you're just like some sort of gaijin that also happens to know a lot about kabuki like hit me up i would love to talk and hear more about this and the way that it relates to sarah's am i for sure yeah i keep saying yeah a lot i apologize it's good to agree with things tease yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i spent how many years of my life practicing critique and analysis and yet my only response is yeah (laughs) okay so there's a little bit of weird subtext to the idea that all of the kappa zombies leading up to episode 10 were people with weird fetishes and then mabu becomes a kappa zombie and his thing is that he is gay in love with Rayo. i feel like that can be taken some ways i have my own interpretation of things that sort of softens that but i was wondering how you guys felt about that just as a general concept I didn't even consider that until now, but that feels a little gross now that I think about it. A way, because I don't think that that's what Ikahara intended. I don't. And I agree. Think so either. Of these two things was something that was like part of what he was trying to say, but there. Yeah, that's kind of pretty much what I was going to say. For me, because like I like definitely up till. Mabu, it very much was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like fetish adjacent. Mm-hmm. But sincerely, even after the second episode, I realized, okay, this isn't necessarily about fetish exactly. It's about more consent. Because mm-hmm. like the first guy mm. was running around naked with the box on his head. Yeah. Streaking. And so like, you don't have the consent of people that you're just running by seeing your naked body like they had to consent to say hey i would like to see your naked body yeah and then the cat guy that's a little bit more vague because like they never really said that the girlfriend was against him being a cat but for me it's also like you're skinning cats that's like there's a consent thing with like these animals can't give you consent of taking their skin for not necessarily a sexual reason but like an intimacy reason that's still uh and then the fish guy obviously like he was breaking these girls hearts he was lying to the lying to them he didn't have the full consent even though he was trying to marry them and then take their money the soba guy was stealing the bathwater of the girl he was dating without her consent. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the sachet guy's deal was. And then the ball guy, it was also unclear. The ball guy wanted to be like. Yeah, but like it was unclear of like what the consent lines were there. Like, because like for that one, it was literally just a like flash. Mm-hmm. So that one kind of breaks down my theory of it's a thing about consent. 
but all that to say is that like if that is the through line of like that the desire of these people why it was bad was because they were not it was not a dual way it was about one person's desire and not about two people connecting Mm -hmm. the thing with mabu also like while not as egregious because like there's not a physical thing there him taking on the burden of saying i can't say i love you to rio is still about consent especially because they had a partnership it's the it's kind of the thing of like within a relationship you saying like hey i don't want to have this relationship because i'm afraid i'm gonna hurt you the other person has to be able to say you might hurt me along the way but you don't get to but i want to take that risk with you you don't get to just like cut me out of your life because you're afraid you're going to hurt me because by cutting me out of your life, you are hurting me. So at least like give me the option to participate in that with you. I definitely agree. And I, I, we picked up, I know Joe, you've listened to Catholic connection. We picked up on the consent thing pretty early on, but my theory about the reason that Rayo and Mabu saying that they love each other is included in this is it's not maybe it's not necessarily about the consent even though it is but the I feel like the through line of all of the Kappa zombies is that it's something that at least from the perspective of the person that is like turning into the Kappa zombie is something that they feel like they can't be open about that they can't share with others due to shame or whatever but it's something that they that they consider societally unacceptable and i feel like that is a category that fits all of the fetish or fetish adjacent things that the other kappa zombies do and also reo and mabu being able to say that they love each other because i mean you know the the world in general has made a lot of big strides in queer acceptance in lgbtq acceptance but like japan is still one of these countries that has a lot of ideas about lgbtq people and lgbtq love that are perhaps a little not as not as with the times and there there are a lot of reasons for that we won't i don't want to like i don't want anybody to think that i'm just trying to say like the japanese are backwards and ignorant because i'm definitely not but it is a fact of life for queer Japanese people that being out is often not socially acceptable and being able to express your love to one another is not necessarily socially acceptable and so that's sort of the that's my theory about why Kappa zombies are the way that they are is that it's a, a social acceptability thing I don't know if that's true, and I definitely don't know. I like there's nothing that I've read that indicates that that's necessarily the case, but it's just what I got. Yeah, I definitely think that is like a part of the themes that Ikohara is exploring because, like, definitely like shame, yes, is a theme like throughout the series. But I also think it's interesting that the one person we see who doesn't like who gets 
their desire extracted but doesn't become a kappa zombie is haruka and so i feel like the important question also is to ask what is different about haruka's secret i guess compared to everyone else's i think he just doesn't have shame like he's a child he doesn't understand the concept of hiding pieces of yourself you know He's, yeah. he's more open than everybody else. So I think if we tie back into what Panda was saying, I think uh, the whole concept of not being afraid of who you are, of experiencing how, like, experiencing your reality to the rest of the real reality, so to say. That was poorly worded, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I think uh, Haruka, the main difference straight up is just that he's a child and he doesn't have a concept of fear yet when it comes to personal experience because you have to teach yeah to be ashamed of the things that they like or the things that they're interested in yeah very true i think yeah i think you are that's absolutely correct yeah i hadn't thought right about home, it baby i hadn't thought of it like especially because like as a character he's also like weirdly wise which happens with a lot of kids in anime but like yeah. i hadn't thought about like the fact that like yeah he's probably only like six i thought he was like I, eight yeah, is he eight I feel, I he's like eight or nine he is but i feel like he's older than six i my i don't he can read he texts Kazuki. i can read at six I <laughs> listeners of the first podcast market will know Teresa's history with reading, and she definitely did not read at six years old. Or <laughs> I don't know how old Haruka is supposed to be because I can never gauge children's ages, and that gets even worse in fiction where people who write fictional characters don't know how to write children of an appropriate yeah. age. But also, I mean, if you want a real life experience that isn't me not being able to read unless I had severe hooked on phonics training for about a year, my boss, my boss's daughter is nine years old. And my boss's daughter, yeah, can text her and can read and stuff like that, but rather would FaceTime her because yeah. it's easier to, and she's nine. And a good ballpark age for Haruka, I would say. Uh, how old? Eight. Eight, yeah, I'd say like eight to like I want to say the seven to ten rage type yeah. deal. So I could I could see him being like in that area, but I think eight might be like the target spot. I think it's like okay KO where he is canonically <laughs> <laughs> like between like what is it like four and eleven? Yeah. <laughs> God, okay KO is really so. Everyone it's watch so good. okay. That's not relevant to this at all, but just uh, it's relevant because OKKO is basically a shonen anime that it was made in, and everyone should watch it. It's incredibly good. Were you aware that Chip and I are going to cosplay Fink and Venomous? (gasps) I know that you've talked about it before, but I didn't know that you had made the concrete plans. We're doing it for AB, and it's really funny. Joe, you don't know our friendship, but our friendship is 5'2, and I am 5'11. (laughs) And they're going to be Venomous, and I'm going to be fake. I love it. Professor Venomous is my favorite character in the KKO. I love fake. That's so good. I am screaming. It is taking everything in me to not just scream on this podcast about the idea of you and Chip. 
<laughs> it's going to be so good. We're going to try and do it for AB this year. So catch me and Chip doing Dungeon Meshi one day. <laughs> doing OKKO the next. I am so happy die. about both of those. Oh, boy. Oh, God. We're going to go on a tangent real quick. But, oh, Joe, friends currently have plans for a con in November. We're doing a whole ass dungeon meshy group. <gasps> and we are actually going to bring a slow cooker, <gasps> plug it into a random plug that we're going to find at the convention center and take photos and then have a zoom out photo <sighs> where it's very clearly just everybody walking around the con. Yes. I'm very excited for yes. it. We need to talk about Dungeon Meshi off off. Yes, air, yes, 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 yes. But sorry everyone. Read Dungeon Meshi too if you haven't. I've never read Dungeon Meshi, but it's Oh on- Panda. It's legal, so you can read it on Comixology. It's on the list of things that teases into that I might try to read. Wow, thank you. Your mind. <laughs> Back to Sarah's Am I. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about, I know that there's a Sarazan Mai manga coming out, and I know none of us have read it, because we've all read the Ryo Mabu and Baby Sada. I have not, but if you have points to bring up about it, I get, I know the general gist of the plot. If there's anything more specific, you can just tell me the details. I was going to ask, do we know anything about the new Sarazan Mai adaptation manga do we know how long it's going to go for do we know if it's going to just cover the series or if it's going to be more than just the series i do Do not anything there's if if you are ever looking for sarah's and my news you cannot go wrong by going to the twitter account of one anime soak megan who is the the hub for Sarah's and my news in wow. every fact in any fashion, uh, or Capazon.info is Megan's website. That's so powerful. We're gonna have well, because actually the the story behind that is that Megan kept getting like deleted or like suspended from Tumblr for like random stupid reasons or whatever. Oh. So like eventually she just started compiling all of her Sarah Zamai stuff on Capazon.info so that she wouldn't keep getting her account suspended or deleted or whatever for like I don't know bullshit reasons I don't really understand why all that was going on but apparently it was so shrug city but yeah if I don't know I it was actually uh through a a twitter ask meme thing that I learned that there was a Sarah's and my series manga I don't know there's also an e-novel yeah we're we're going to talk about the novel on this show but Uh. i don't think i'm i i will try to read it but i just don't think i'm gonna be able to manage and so i'm hoping to just talk to somebody who has read it and that's fair the first chapter of the adaptation manga is available on Manga Dex. I definitely think it's starting out as like a true adaptation of the series, but okay. I don't know if it's going to like continue on past that fair. point. Fair. Um, I kind of don't want it to. That's fair. I um, from what I'm scrolling through right now, it's a lot more uh, children. Uh, no, 
it's looking pretty similar. I mean, last year I got to be one of the manga critics for Anime News Network's Fall Manga Guide. I think everybody who's heard me speak ever has Everyone has knows this information. Manga reviews on Anime News Network because she's the only person on Anime News Network News Network worth reading things from. Thanks, um, but. That. <laughs> One of the manga that we had to actually read and review was the uh, Summer Wars adaptation manga. And what was really nice about it was that it actually included some scenes that were deleted from the movie. So mm. when the manga came out, it was a way for them to do some of the scenes that they wanted to uh, do in the movie but didn't have enough budget or enough time for. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping the Sarah Zanmai manga will definitely give us a little bit more insight on uh, the characters' relationships, especially Kazuki and Haruka's. I'd really love to see some of that. I would love the Kazuki Entekiss like since that thread was dropped. Okay, well, hold that. Put a pin in that. We will get back to that. I want to pull the pin out. No, I I have one more thing to say about the manga as a concept, and then we can we can talk about and talk. But I will say the thing about Ikahara show manga is that historically he has taken the approach that he like that the manga and the show are separate things usually he will give the the mangaka like an outline of the events of the series and that or like if it's like in the case of utana the manga was running concurrent with the anime's release so he was giving like general plot ideas to chiho saito while the manga was coming out and she would incorporate that into the manga as she saw fit so and uh, apparently the uh, yuri kuma manga is also a little bit divergent from the anime for similar reasons because it was more that he let the mangaka do sort of their own thing with the same plot so i don't know if Sarah Zanmai is the same situation I would venture to say that that's probably the case and so it is possible that we could get a version of the events of Sarah Zanmai interpreted differently in the manga I haven't read it so I can't even check to see if that's the case at all but given that that's the the pattern with Ikuhara manga versions of his series I would not be surprised if the manga ends up being different from the anime. But now we can take the pin out of the Enta Kazuki kiss and talk about how that just happened and was dismissed and never came back. And we have no resolution for this. Yes. I, it, it begins. (laughs) It begins. Just let it out, Joe. Just let it out. It frustrates me, and, like, as someone who was like, who cares about realism? This show was not real to begin with. I kind of sound like a hypocrite now. But this is the part of the show that is about realism, which is about, like, human connection and, like, human relationships and human friendship and intimacy and all of that. And so it blows my mind that, one, Inta revealed to Kazuki that he loved him 
and there was not like anything said about it because like as someone who has definitely told one of their best friends that they liked them in middle school it doesn't get swept under the rug as oh you were just dared to do it it definitely blows up into a much bigger thing and this is also even without a kiss Inta actively kissed Kazuki and it was like oh you were just dared to do it Kazuki end of discussion like Kazuki is pretty much like a classic new phone who dis like he it I just he doesn't even have Inta's phone number saved into his phone or at least he didn't have Toei's that we know for sure because we see Toei call him and Toei's name pops up or like to, like a number unknown pops up or whatever. Whereas yeah. Toei's phone, he has Kazuki in his phone. It just, it hurts. Like it hurts to, especially with like, I don't know obviously about like everybody else's coming out stories, but like, me being 14 was really confusing at that time like I didn't have the proper vocabulary to realize what was going on and like I looking back so like 14 I was a freshman in high school I had a really big crush on this girl and all of my friends kind of didn't like her but I really really liked her and I really wanted to be her friend and like later on I became her friend it's like holy shit she's my friend and like I always wanted to be like why do I like her so much more than all of my other friends but not realize that like but I don't feel like good friends with her. <laughs> Surprise, you're gay. And like, I feel like especially with Enta, like clearly, clearly Enta has the understanding and the will to know how he feels and what's going on. And for somebody who's 14, that's a really big deal. And then especially to get the brush off from someone you consider your best friend and then to have the continuous will to keep acting normally after you have there's no give back at all there's nothing like he literally was like oh I'm awake you're kissing me and he's like oh shit and like that baffled me and I just like how has that never even been discussed and like I'm 24 years old and I've like consensually kissed friends and still the next day I will be like, oh, can we talk about this? It's just like for the fact for 14 year olds just to completely compartmentalize that, like, okay, yeah, I guess. But also like, please, for the sake of my sanity and yours, can we please discuss I... this? Yeah. Okay. They definitely needed to have talked for sure. Like, yes, but 100%. I can, I, I mean, I guess, like, I can only speak to my understanding of the experience of, like, boys, teenage boys in America and, like, the cultural understanding of homosexuality here. I don't, there, I know that there's a lot of, like, there, I know that the, the approach to, like, homosexuality in Japan can be very different, so I don't, I, I don't hope to speak on that but i can say that at least men in uh, boys in america are taught to compartmentalize their feelings and i can honestly like even though i hate it i can see the idea of like 
Because Kazuki, he thinks, oh, someone dared you to do it. And then he never mentions this all this stuff again. Yeah, never. I can see like a 14 year old boy, at least from my perspective and conceptualization of 14 year old boys. I can see a 14 year old boy like making that excuse and then just locking that in a box and it doesn't come back until he's like 26 and discovering his own sexuality like <sighs> i can very much unfortunately see that not <sighs> thing that you know what we're gonna have you know what we're gonna have we're gonna have the epilogue and kids in the slope when they play in the organ and the drums together except it's gonna be kappa themed and it- I'm not ready for that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm crying. <laughs> My only thing with like the compartmentalization, because like this is like this is the thing that like I like kind of see, like because like I'm not like deep into like the Sarazami fandom, but like I'll see Me like neither. some stuff on Twitter that yeah. like it's like oh people wish that like. Ente and Kazuki could be in love together. Like, truly, I don't want that. Because I, like... Because Kazuki, truly, I don't think likes Ente in that way. What I no, wanted... I agree was, completely. And not even, but like... I want some closure. Or, like, I don't even necessarily want, like... An understanding discussion of, like... Like, where, like, everything is, like... Perfectly wrapped up. But, like, the what you are saying about compartmentalization panned... I definitely agree with you that, like, that is definitely the way that teenage boys would treat that. But that compartmentalization, I feel like, would eventually end up turning into one of two different, like, behaviors. I definitely don't think that Kazuki has, like, the rest of his behavior is necessarily representative of how he would continue to act after that. Yeah. Because I feel like he would either, like, start ignoring Inta, which, like, yeah, I'd, like, super realistic, or actively, like, like, fight more with Inta. And, like, we don't really see either of those. And, like, that's the, at the end of the day, I don't want a happy, I like, I would love a happy ending with Inta and Kazuki, but I don't need a happy ending. I just need some sort of, like, actual representation of a friendship with them. That was something that really frustrated me about the finale is that like, I enjoyed that we did get to actually see that Toei had to go through like Juvie because he did shoot yeah. one of his classmates. But yeah. at the same time, I just, I felt like he got all of that resolution. And then we got like the little scene with Kazuki and Enta at the end. And we didn't really see very much of Enta and Kazuki getting any sort of broader plot resolution before like that last three seconds of the show where it's just yeah. onto the future. I would rather have some resolution than have them all sing and dance together. I and liked like, the singing and dancing. I loved the singing and dancing, but I, I just, I want, you know what it is? I want closure. I think um, there was closure for Toy, but not for everyone else. Yeah. Everyone. I think, I don't think that's fair. I mean, me either. 
and especially because like I think it's stuff that could have been even addressed earlier in the series. Like it didn't have to be closure at the very end. The closure between Kazuki and Inta could have happened in Inta's episode. The closure with Kazuki becoming not a jerk to everyone could have actually happened rather than the next episode he's nice after the stuff with him and Haruka. Yeah. He's like, I guess I have to be cool with you again now, Haruka. Haruka's like, I guess you're my brother. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You remember when I said I love all the characters of Sarah Zanmai? Correction. I still don't like Kazuki. (laughs) I like Kazuki, but I don't love Kazuki. And I do love the the cast. Can we, is there, do we have room? I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but do we have room for one more kind of weird topic? Yeah, of course. Can we discuss how cool it was that Kazuki's Sarah cosplay had different like different nuances than Sarah's did and you could tell the obvious difference between Sarah's professional outfit in Kazuki's costume. I know Joe, you do like some costume stuff, don't you? I do, yes. I I loved it. I thought that was a really nice touch. I really, I really loved it too. It. And I especially loved it because it is very obvious like the difference between like with Sara's costume, a professional costume designed costume designer made piece, and yes. a spirit Halloween version of it's said a costume. It's a capazon. Yes, costume. but like it's you know what I mean. Express costume, baby. Yeah, um, I'm legitimately like doubled over right now. Good, <laughs> but I I especially loved the like lack of accoutrements is the best way to describe them. So like, yeah, the lack of like bordering on the hymns of um, Kazuki's costume versus Sarah's. Like, I really love that detail because like, that's like one of those things that in knockoffs of costumes, you're not going to get like the lace. You're not going to get the scallop edges. You're not going to get all of that stuff that like makes it look more professionally done and i love that his costume didn't have that but it still had a lot of other elements and even elements of detail that weren't in sarah's like i'm pretty sure like his obi i can't remember for sure now i feel like i'm lying but i think his obi had like an extra string yeah and it wasn't and they're like the dye job wasn't as efficient yeah blend as well as sarah's did i really i love it i love it and i really hope i see people cosplaying both sarah and kazuki at the same time because that would make my life very very exciting i would love but i also love at the same time even though there are the like there are the differences in kazuki's costume versus sarah's costume i do kind of love that According to the fiction of the show, Kazuki passes well enough to have fooled Toei into thinking he was the real Sara. Yeah. In the first episode. Especially because because this was something that like you had talked about with Gio and um Yasha. But at least in the manga before the show came out, the one with Ryo and Mabu, Sara in terms of idol Sara is described as an adult woman. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So like yeah. she's probably still like younger adult, so like maybe like nineteen, Eight, early twenties. Yeah. But yeah, that he passed not only for a girl, but for an adult woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I it's my understanding that Japanese women are uh, relatively shorter than maybe Japanese men. So I could see possibly a 14-year-old Japanese boy and an adult Japanese woman possibly being the same height. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's not even a height thing. For me, it's just, like, in terms of, like, I would be surprised that a teenage boy would get, like, the intricacies of, like, posturing and stuff. Yeah. Of an adult woman to be able to pass. He's trying very hard. He is trying very hard. He watches a lot of Sarah's show. Actually, that is very true. That, like, he even has, like, her, like, inflections of how she speaks down. So, like, he has studied. (laughs) Even, like, via text, too. Yeah. Dish. I also especially love his wig from episode one to the episode where he gets revealed to everyone um, and to Haruka that he has been um, cross-playing, that the quality of wig in the first episode like is really, really good. And then in that episode, it totally looks like just like a shake-and-go that he opened it from the bag and put on for that day. I love it. I, I really love it so love much. It. I wish that we had gotten a scene of... Kazuki and Haruka talking about that. Yeah. Because I feel like, I, like, technically we got some resolution on that, but I feel like, I mean, maybe they did sit down and have a conversation about it, but we didn't see that. We no. sure didn't. And that seems like something that they need to at least talk about. Yeah, especially because, like, and I'm glad they still had that in there, but at the same time, I much would have rather had Haruka and Kazuki actually have a conversation. But, like, the text conversation with Haruka and quote-unquote Sara, like, was supposed to be the replacement for that. But again, at the end of the day, for me, it's like, okay, this is the part of the show that is supposed to be realistic, which, again, is the relationships. Mm. And so for me, it's unrealistic that Haruka still thinks that the Sara he's talking to is Sara. And I also, for me, it's a little bit unrealistic that Haruka would have enough emotional intelligence to be like, for Kazuki's sake, I'll still go along with the fact that I think this is still Sara. And so like, that was my thing of like, I would much rather have just like an actual heart to heart conversation than this. Does he understand? Does he not understand? Mm-hmm. Vagueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I. Yeah. I, my, my heart, like, I love Sarah Zamai, but my heart weeps for a lot of the characterization that I wish that we had gotten I simultaneously I feel like this show if it had been like much longer it probably could have 
gone poorly but at the same time there's so many things that i wish we had like one or two more episodes to get through i think if we had two more episodes it would have been able to be like yeah again not perfect but like 11 yeah more emotionally cohesive i agree and that's how i feel about yuri on ice too i wish there's just one more episode just to cinch it all together but yeah. what can you do although at least i mean i didn't watch your on ice so maybe i'm completely wrong but at least from my understanding of the end of your on ice like there's room for there to be a movie question mark uh, i think there is there okay. is going to be a movie cool but what my issue with your on ice is and i'm sorry to any your on ice fans is that i didn't see the growth yeah realistically it's kind of like oh you're my coach. Oh, we're dating. Oh, we kissed on national TV. Oh, we're engaged now. And I'm like, please, I just want you to go on one fucking date together and see you guys watch a movie. Like, yes. I want it. It felt, you know how it felt like, you know how when you read fan fiction clearly written by a middle schooler and it's like, oh, will you be my boyfriend? I guess I am your boyfriend now. And you're like, who wrote this? You know, that's how I felt. But in a sense of it being an anime and I know so many people love it and trust me I am so happy that it was able to be produced and to be made and uh it is such a triumph for something like that to happen like don't get me wrong I understand but I just please like I I want to you know I completely agree with you because like I read a lot of fluffy gay web comics because I like fluff in my life it is fun. But also at the same time, like I'll read a lot of things and I'll be like, this is so unrealistic to how people like actually interact and like how this would like play out. Like it's definitely like author, like fan fiction of like the relationship they wish they could have of like, just like easiness, which like, Oh, I totally, I totally understand. But at the same time, you're making art and so you're trying to connect with other people and so like fantasy is like wonderful and nice but at the end of the day if the emotional relationships are too fantastical it's not gonna connect yeah and also i think i think at the end of the day depending on the age range that's reading it it can even be dangerous is the wrong word but i think nobody knows what you're saying though I think it can give, especially younger audiences, poor expectations of what relationships actually are. Yes. Which can then lead to disappointment and even like alienation from being in a relationship to begin with, in the sense that, like, oh, my relationship isn't free and easy like all this media I consumed made it out to be. Mm hmm. Am I am I what's wrong? Is the relationship what's wrong? Whatever. When really at the end of the day, it's like, oh no, relationships take months to develop. It's not it's not will you be my boyfriend after like five seconds. Pretty much. Tease, how do you feel emotionally about the fact that Victor from Yuri on Ice and Kepi have the same voice actor? Shut up! Shut up! I did not know this. <laughs> I if you hate it. The Kappa connection, you would know. Yeah, and I didn't. 
for my own safety. <laughs> yeah, Janichi Suabe. Uh, Suab Suabe. I don't know how to pronounce oh, that last name. Janichi right, now I have to look up who the fuck Elsie does. Is a Japanese voice actor who did the voice for Victor in Yuri on Ice and also Kepi in Sarah Sandmai. Great. Now, now I'm gonna fucking look him up. Now, the, uh, Panda. <laughs> now I'm just picturing. I'm, now I'm just picturing Victor doing uh, ice skating routine. I hate. But this. with a pole in the center of the ice rink. That's and... he, he's not the one that pole dances. It's the other one. He's green? No, 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 no. He's green from AO3? No, no, no. But, like... But... Okay, I did not know that Yuri pole danced. No. Yes, Yuri pole danced. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the scene in Sarazanmai (laughs) when Kepi is doing the pole dance. And so now I'm just imagining Victor doing that on ice and saying pole dance like the way Kepi says it in Sarazanmai. Pole dance. He was life sexy in Yuri Kuma. He was Aizawa in My Hero Academia. Like, he's got some shit under his belt. He's the Chad in Tatsumi Galaxy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did not know that. I've also cosplayed uh, Top 3 Galaxy as well, Joe. I've seen those pictures yeah, and I it was very good. When T's got the cosplay Top He also voices the Chad in Kids on the Slope. He's just a Chad. He's just a Chad, <laughs> baby. He is a Chad. That is the voice of a Chad. Is he the Chad? He is the Chad. Oh my god. Are you gonna be okay? No, I hate you. <laughs> oh my god, who else is he called? Who else is he? He's Toji and Yawapeta. <laughs> uh, if you've watched Princess Jellyfish, he's the brother of the uh, the cross dresser. So he is an incel at some point. Yeah. Oh my god, he's in Star Muse. Stop, of course he is. Ikuhara and Suabe have a relationship. They did like a, a radio show or something together in the lead up to Sarah Zanmai coming out. And a lot of it is just Ikuhara talking about how sexy his voice is, I think. I don't wow. Know, I, I remember it being very like charged but i didn't like look at all of it before so wow <laughs> dare i say Sme- oh he's <gasps> he's grimjaw has two boyfriends and one of them is suave and the other wow. is Nikiano. i respect that that's a lot Okay. I don't know if I can do this anymore, guys. Yeah, we've been recording. We've technically been recording for like an hour 15. So, I mean, even longer than that, but that's like the the time after when I did the intro. So, oh. I, it, it, it honestly does not even feel like it's been that long. I remember oh, 20 minutes ago looking and seeing that we were at an hour and I was like, how have we been talking for an hour? And then you saw my Twitter meltdown as well. I did see your Twitter meltdown. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it really hard. It, Mr. I Crab. will have to check out the Twitter meltdown after Except we stop recording. On the slope. <laughs> okay, guys, okay. do we have anything that we would like to say to wrap this up? Is there anything that like 
you wanted to say that you didn't get to or that you wanted to bring up that didn't come up? It's not a long form, like, we have to, like, talk about it, but I just want to bring it up because I think it is, I think it truly is perfect, and it's the thing I love about Sarah's On My, which is the theme of connection. Yes. But I love that Kepi is a reference specifically to The Little Prince, which is a, a children's book specifically about friendship and connection. I don't know if you know that I super fucks with The Little Prince, but it's one of my favorite books of all time. I oh, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Never read it. I've only read the first five pages <sighs> because when I went to go home and read our copy, I found out that our copy was only in French. And I can't. <laughs> my mom can, so that's why we have it in French. Uh, your mom is a legend. Shout it's out really to you. I am sure that you can find a free copy online. I oh, have most an definitely. Copy that I could mail you. I have your address. You sure do. Because I truly, I think it's like right up your alley, Tease. One day, I'll read it eventually. There's a movie. Yeah. So I mean. There's a couple of movies. Well, yeah, yeah more the the more recent Netflix movies. Yeah, I mean, but there's also the Bob Fosse one. <laughs> As a child, my mom would read me like full length books instead of children's books most of the time. Same. So my mom, like, I was like a toddler, and my mom was reading like Wuthering Heights out loud to me. And like, as a first grader, my mom read out all the Narnia books to me. And then we actually read Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea together. And like, so we read a lot. Like, my mom used to read to me every night. So in turn, I ended up missing out like on a lot of really classic children's books. So like, I didn't read Where the Wild Things Are literally until I was (laughs) fifteen. So I've never read *A Little Prince*, and that's just how it be sometimes. But I I should read it though. I should. It was very good. Yeah. Teeth, do you have anything that we didn't bring up that you want to say before we go? I was gonna make fun of the dub, but <laughs> I don't think. Is there an official dub? Yes, there is, and they say oh. "utterly sexy." Funimation oh. is doing the dub, and oh boy. <laughs> It's it's just a mess. I've seen episode two and I it's not that bad, but it's also not that good either. It's just utterly sexy yeah. throws me off so much. I can't do it. I'm I'm not anti dub. No, me neither. For me for me it's all about like what I watched first versus dubs and subs. Fair. But I also can't imagine hearing Kepi in actual English. <laughs> Okay, I said the dub was fine. I don't think that they got Kepi right. I don't feel like yeah. they, I don't feel like the dub voice that they cast for Kepi gets across the feeling of Japanese Kepi in any way. And I don't think that the voice is necessarily bad. Like if I heard that and that was just Kepi for me, I would be like, okay, like that's the character. But knowing Japanese Kepi and like how integral like Suabe's voice is to Kepi's characterization, I just it just doesn't work. And it's very I disappointing. That. A lot of it, a lot of the dub is very disappointing, but that is the most disappointing aspect of it to me. Respectable. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot of times that like Yeah, that's it's why not that like Monica dub. Yeah, it's not like the that the voice actors are doing a bad job. It's just their voice like the timbre of their voice doesn't match 
how you, what you associate with the character. If you would like to follow the show on Twitter, most importantly, you can find that at the Twitter account for our mother podcast at Utenacast. And if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanada. If you would like to check out other things I do in the world of podcasting, you could check out my podcast with Teresa, The Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts. It is stupid and I love it's my one of my favorite joys to create is Fresh Podcast Market because no one listens to Fresh Podcast Market and that means that we can say anything that we want. It's true. It is a joy to listen to as well. I'm glad. I, as I, a listener, it is hilarious. I, it, it brings me such joy when people tell me that they do listen to Fresh Podcast Market because Fresh Podcast Market, we just do whatever the fuck we want. And it's we sure do. <laughs> and sometimes that means that we talk about Warrior Cats roleplay on Neopets.com for 30 minutes. It's true. <laughs> Teresa, where it's great. people find you online? You can find me at Vicuna, V-I-C-U-N-A-T. I haven't published anything recently. I mean, I guess you can. You were on Sci-Fi's website. I was. I'm a writer by trade. Um, I recently published with uh, the Sci-Fi channel for their What the Fuck Moments. If you see their What the Fuck Moments article about uh, Mars Attacks, that's all me, baby. I also spend a lot of time on my Neopets Twitter, which is Count Von Rue, if you care about Neopets. I'm not really, I'm working, ooh, actually, I'm working on right now, we are setting up, we as in a group of people, are setting up a zine right now for uh, D&D players that are passionate about bards. So if you're interested in that, check out uh, Honey Pro's Bardic Inspiration. The Kickstarter should be coming out next month. Nice. Nice. Joe, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter at Maguire underscore fire, M-C-G-U-I-R-E underscore fire. I mostly just tweet about whatever is on my mind, which is a lot of times ranting about how I hate Aaron Sorkin. I want that on the record. I hate Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, we talked about David Lynch a lot earlier, but fuck Aaron Sorkin. Yes. And that that's it, guys. I guess that's all that we have for this filler episode where we ranted about things. <laughs> what did we even talk about? I don't even know. We talked about shirts. Kepi. Kepi. We talked about Kepi, baby. Kepi? That's we talked about Kepi Mabu? and uh, and Mabu, yeah. Right? Happy Pride Month, everybody. I'm sorry that, yeah. that this yeah. is the thing that it is, but I didn't want to skip a week even though I'm literally flying to Japan the day that this is supposed to come out. We have been Sarah Zemai. Sarah Zemai. <laughs> Sarah Zemai. You, no, it's okay. We don't have to actually all say it at the same time. I used the magic of editing to put it all together. Oh. Can we do it one more time then? Okay. Alright. We have been Sarah Zemai.
thank you guys for coming on. I'm so sorry. I fucked that up. <laughs> thank no, you. It's going to be so good when I edit it all together. No one's going to even know. <laughs> this episode is such a mess. <laughs>